When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Hi Anna. Hi Andrew. And hey everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary Scary Stories Stories to to Tell on the the Pod. pod. It is a podcast about scary stories told funnily by (laughs) silly people who are friends. And it's not a serious ghost hunting podcast hosted by firefighters. It's the opposite of that. Yeah, and it's funny because this is a this is the spookiest time of the year, um, and so we often get new followers here, which is great. If you're new, welcome. And welcome. also, um, yeah, this is primarily a comedy podcast, poorly researched by two little dodos. Um, and actually, today, Anna, it is three little dodos. That's true. Little extinct birds. It really because- is what we are. <laughs> That's what I feel because- like. We have a guest today. We've we've reached back deep into the annals of our history, Anna. We've reached bring, deep into the annals. <laughs> to bring one of our oldest friends. I, I mean, a, a friend that we met virtually days after you and I first met. Yeah, we were um, initiated into the same sort of fraternity together. Mm-hmm. The first week of college, we got onto college improv team. And uh, when I found out I was I got on, I called my parents and was like, I think I might have to quit college to focus on this. I don't know if it's professional or not. And it turned out to just be a school club. Oh, but boy. That was the level of import. I mean, and this is probably one of the most um, objectively talented people we know. Yes. Uh, um, this is someone who has gone on to perform on some of the largest stages in the world. Uh, and most recently, he's become... Something of a bit of a horror icon. Uh, you horror might know icon. him. Horror icon. You might know him uh, as playing the pale man in this most recent season of American Horror Story. Here on the podcast is our good friend, Spencer Novick. Hi. That's him. Spencer. That, that's, that's me. Him. I'm here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is so exciting. Spencer, you're, excited to have you. you're a, not only a friend of the pod, but also you are a real life um, sort of spook and haunt. I, I, you know, I, I don't. Sorry, my dog got caught on my on my headphones. Erwin, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I know Erwin. Um, yes, which is sort of like I don't think I'm that scary. Which is sort of, which is sort of a challenge sometimes. I think like I think I'm a very sort of meek. I think I think no one's intimidated by me. I'm intimidated by everybody else. So <laughs> I think it's been uh, an interesting to, to be on the other side of that now. Well, Did you feel this, like people were scared of you when you were in your costume? I don't think so. I think once 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 I started maybe once I started getting into the character of it, then it was maybe a little bit spooky. But right. um, 
but I, but may, I don't know, maybe they were, and I mean, they're just too nice to say anything. I uh, see. Yeah. I don't know. Like, so if you don't know everyone, um, Spencer is an incredibly, uh, uh, friendly, funny, kind comedian, physical performer, clown. Um, he performed with in, Cirque du Soleil. Yes. Okay? On, tr- on truly, I believe the largest stage in the world, the MGM Grand Las Vegas. Is that I don't think it's the I don't I don't think it's the largest, but it it is a very very big stage. It is and the I stinkiest. Was very tiny on it. it yeah, <laughs> it exactly. Yeah, it smells yeah, like absolute touted. shit. Yeah, <laughs> the most of the world. But in addition to being like an incredibly funny performer, Spencer, you do have a skill for tapping into um, such a frightening physicality. And I, I don't know, like, when was the first time? you feel like that was noticed? Like, because you were a comedy guy. Like, when was the first time someone was like, I want you to be scary? You know, it might have been this audition. Really? It might have been. Oh, no, 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 that's not true. I'm lying right now. I'm just a complete liar. I'm a stupid little liar. Um, I had to do a stinky little liar. Um, I had to do do an audition in at NYU for a short film called Monsters Down the Hall. And uh, that was probably the first time. But I'd always, you know, I'd been interested in the creature work. I mean, I love creatures in in horror films and, you know, I'm a huge fan of Duck Jones and the work he does. And um, right. so Doug Jones was the that. um he was the 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 sea monster in yes in um it the, he, what's it called shape of water shape of water Billy Butcherson in from Pan's Labyrinth Pocus. yeah yeah yes so, yes Mr. Mr. Eye Hands yes Mr. Eye Hands yes uh, and oh. he's fantastic and has been like bringing all these incredible creatures to life I, for I a very believe long time. I believe his character in Pan's Labyrinth in addition to Pan is called the Pale Man. Spencer. So you both yeah. oh, yes. pale men. A pale. Yes, wow. exactly. Wow. Yeah, that is true. He'd be a great person to have on this podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> I, truly, the pale man is not the first way I would describe that character. I'd be like, yeah, you know the guy with eye hands? <laughs> Got eyes on his hands? I know. I know. <laughs> He's kind of pale, like sort of. He's um, very wrinkly. Yeah. He's yeah. very wrinkly. You know uh, the you know the naked emaciated man with big eyeballs on his hands who eats children. Oh, the pale man. Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. Yeah, could have done better with the nickname. Um, Spencer, do you believe you've ever seen or had a ghostly experience, or your cousin did, or someone told you about it that you believed? I think every time I run up the stairs in the dark, there is a ghost behind me. Whoa! Yeah, but not not really. I think that also might just be called anxiety. <laughs> so I don't know if it's really a ghost or if I'm just very terrified of um, running up the stairs and assuming that somebody's chasing me. Yep. I mean, um, you're, you're from a kind of spooky, like New England, Providence is sort of a spooky area. You yeah, know? it is. I mean, I was just, I think I was just saying this the other day that I had, a, I had like this big glass entryway into my home. And, and so in order to get into my house, you had to go through this glass door and it was a little holding area and you could go to the garage side of the house or just like the living side of the house. And I, if I didn't have a key and I was coming home late, that glass door was always very terrifying to me. I always thought I'd like see somebody in my house who shouldn't be in my house. Sure. Um, But I don't know if I've ever had like a real ghostly experience. Like I don't think anything's ever, you know, 
falling yeah. off my walls or I've never had like night what are the night demons the oh yeah sleep paralysis you sleep will paralysis. <laughs> oh no, no please it's okay. no you will. I don't want to oh, okay. I do feel like Spencer you have had some like real life terrifying human encounters one time on my we were both living in New York and you came to have lunch with me and you said I walked by this church and and I got really startled by a woman who jumped at me and said bumpity bump bump and then you and I walked back in that direction and you were like, that's her. That's the woman who did it. And you and I walked by fully expecting her to say bumpity bump bump to us. And then she did. And we both jumped. It oh. was <laughs> such an effective scare in broad daylight to jump at people and say bumpity bump bump. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I've had, and I had another one too. Me and my friend um, were driving on se- up second Avenue and we looked into, it was it must have been like after midnight and I don't know where we were coming from or where we were going, but we drove past, I believe it was a Chase Bank on 2nd Avenue with uh-huh. like the floor to ceiling glass windows. Oh, There's something yeah. about glass windows. And I saw a man who was in a massive black trench coat who I assumed had completely painted his whole body white <gasps> with with massive eyebrows and a little black tuft of hair. And and we were looking at him and then he very sharply turned and looked at us and oh. and it was it was terrifying. And this was not at Halloween time? No, no, I don't know what what or who it was, but it was terrifying. It sort of reminded me of like a very very tall, very very pale Ernie. Like oh from Bird and Ernie. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, it was really scary. Wow. I mean, what's kind of wild about that too, Spencer, is it sort of is what your character looks like in American Horror Story. <laughs> yeah, a little bit without the tough he's hair. A, yeah. He's a real Nosferatu. Is that sort of the Yeah, the totally inspired. Yes, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a talentless ghoul, which is very opposite to your type. So you really have a broad range. Mm. <laughs> You're mm. a talented ghoul. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a talented goblin <laughs> trying to come up with like what is the opposite of a ghoul <laughs> oh my god um spencer what was that audition process like you know they they you know i, I got a little a little breakdown of what i was supposed to do which was you know i think i you know if i remember it correctly it was sort of move move you know, start in stillness and then move jerkily towards the camera, hunting some prey, and oh. then and then say, you know, I'm going to kill you. Oh. And that was that was sort of the that was the full that was the audition breakdown. And then I I uh, made made a little <laughs> video in my apartment, um, and uh, and it's it it felt like I did those things. And I did them in sort of a scary thing, and then it got it got posted on the internet. Brian Murphy, Ryan Murphy. yes, Brian Murphy posted the audition tape. So yeah, cool. I also love like in this in today's day and age of uh, at home auditions that you have to email the file, and I would have loved if you had emailed that to the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Jerky actor movements. Yeah, to your your accountant. Like, oh my God. But I think also with that tape, like I didn't, I didn't know if it was, I mean, I think that like doing scary things is very similar to doing 
comedy in terms of that. It's very mm. subjective what is and what isn't scary. And I couldn't, I mean, I don't know if it's scary because it's just little me doing this thing. It is scary. It is incredibly scary. And then my forehead is massive at the end. I think that was the the most, that was the thing that I sort of took away from the tape was, was outside of being like, is this scary or not? I was like, oh my God, my forehead is so like, I cannot tilt my head down. That is like, that is something I cannot do in real life. It's a huge turnoff. But I think that's mostly what I was dealing with with the audition tape. I was like, everybody's seen my forehead now. <laughs> I think it's good. you got to show your forehead at some point if you want to make mm-hmm. it in Hollywood. I think yeah. it's a very good forehead. Oh, thank you. Um, and then like the, the, the makeup process, because it's such a complete transformation from how you really look. Like how long did it take you to get into makeup? You know, it, well, it, it took a bit of time. I worked with these like brilliant makeup artists the mccashes and their team aaron and mike mccash and they are extraordinary like if you get a chance you should just you know google them and look up their work because they are amazing Mm -hmm. um it didn't take i mean you know in the beginning i had to shave my head so that was a whole a whole process but then um yeah just the amount of detail they put into it i think it took i don't know i think it took around like in in an hour and change like around really? the hour mark maybe maybe a little bit more maybe that's a just bit like more. that's just like normal woman makeup <laughs> so you're gonna say seven hours <laughs> to, to, to turn you into a full undead monster <laughs> yeah <laughs> i had a lot going for me because i'm already very pale i think i mean there were days where i was on set where they i think i was supposed to be just getting progressively ill over the course of the character and there were days where they were like oh we don't need to we don't really need to do too much makeup and i was like oh because i already look very ill (laughs) oh no (laughs) oh my gosh but yeah but it was sort of nice it did make me think um when we were in college spencer i believe you were visiting kansas city and a person said to you you kind of look like a model and then paused and said hmm or like a vampire. And all the people there were like, yeah, yeah, like a vampire. Like vampire, a vampire. Yeah, definitely a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's a real, that is a real thing. Wait, hold up. No. <laughs> <laughs> Models yeah. kind yeah, of was a New vampires. Year's Eve. Yeah, they do, don't they? Gaunt. Gaunt. Um, and when uh, something I find when I, I don't scare people that often, but like when you're being scary at night towards someone, it's scary. It's scary. Like you as the scare person it is also you run the risk of feeling scared. Um, when you were like being scary at night on set, were you ever like, this is scary? <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, when I was being scary at yeah. night on set? Yeah. Were you ever like, um, I'm scared? Or were you just like, I oh, hope I do I this like scared right? Scared of so myself? <laughs> or just like feeling scared. Like you were being scary and that's scary. I am Terry oh. Gross. <laughs> you know what? Like, like there are scenes where you're like running around in the dark and like being like scary yeah. guy. You were the face in the window, too. It's interesting. You said you're scared of glass windows. Yes, yes, yes. You became your fear. I would be the other person. Yeah, I know. And now I can empathize with scary people on the other side of glass windows. Did you ever feel like I'm scared or were you just like, I hope I don't fuck up the shot? I think it was mostly, oh, no, don't don't mess up. Let's just, (laughs) I think, yeah, I was scared of messing up the shot. Um, A different kind of spooky. Yes, oh my exactly. gosh, career. But no, because you know, you're surrounded by so many like people. And you know, I think that's that's the amazing thing about T 
TV and film is that you're like, oh, this looks completely different. Like it's amazing what is what can be created and what it looks like when it's being made versus what it looks like on TV. How so? Well, just like, you know, you're like, oh my God, you're like running around at night and you're chasing after somebody and they're all alone, but they're actually like 40 plus people around. Right, right. That is so wild. I mean, also like the fact that a big part of your character was terrorizing a child character. <laughs> and like, yes. did they have to bring her to you ahead of time? Or like, were they trying to make you as scary as possible to her? You know? No, I don't know. It was really, no, she was, she was a pro. We didn't, we like sort of said hi before, uh-huh. but there wasn't, but I was sort of nervous about it. I was like, oh, I hope I don't, you know, <laughs> traumatize Ryan. But you know. Was it like was... an orphan situation where she's actually 40, so you don't have to worry? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to spoil the movie Orphan for anyone. Uh, we just got in a fight with Enemy of the Pod, Billy Domino, because we were going to watch the movie Orphan. He said, what's it about? And we said, oh, it's that she's old. And he was like, why would you give away the twist? We're like, I challenge you to define the movie Orphan without saying exactly what it's about. First of all. Second of all, it's like 15 years old. Anyway. I mean, the other crazy thing, Spencer, is that uh, your, like, closing thing is that you eat famed drag race contestant Eureka O'Hara. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> Delicious. Truly. I mean, opening you up to a whole queer fandom, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What's the, um, because you had, you had, like, fake teeth put in. Fang, fang yes. sort of teeth. Yes. How, like, was that incredible? I mean, I guess you only had to sort of, like, hiss and roar so it wouldn't mess up too much of your communication. Yeah, but you can still, you're still capable of speaking with the the teeth in. They do this incredible, okay, so the whole story with this is that, you know, in the beginning, they had, you know, offered me this job. And they were like, oh, we need you to go get your mouth molds (gasps) made. And I am terrified like i think the last time i had had a mouth mold done was at the dentist and i threw up all over myself (laughs) and i was so anxious like i I, you know and i was like oh my god i don't want to i don't want to get like let go if i can't do the mouth mold he barfed on the hollywood dentist (laughs) (laughs) you're fired So, so i ended up buying a bunch of cheap mouth molds from Amazon, filling them with peanut butter (gasps) and standing in my shower, practicing and dry heaving. (laughs) I swear, this is what I did. And then, and I just was standing just like, like like dripping peanut butter from my mouth all over my naked form and inside of a shout. And I practiced for the days leading up to it. Cause I was like, I have to nail this. I was like, it's time to level up Spencer. It's time to level up. And then I went in and it was great. And I really, I'm, you know, so you got to practice these things. Oh my God. This is what they can't, this is what they'll never be able to tell people in acting school. That's what it looks like. Oh, Best case scenario, that's what it looks like. Best case scenario, exactly. The idea of you standing in your home with peanut butter drooling out of your mouth and you dry heaving is like the... (laughs) Like oh if you it's very on brand. If you at like eighteen <laughs> on your first day at NYU, like I'm gonna be an actor, could like get a vision of that image. <laughs> I think you'd love it. Spencer, I think you were always ready for this. Yeah, I have to say. Yeah. You're a true yeah. 
your true um I go the extra mile when it comes to not wanting to embarrass myself in front of our like dry haven and lose a job. Uh, I'm I'm just remembering Spencer. So I've talked in this podcast before about my childhood boogeyman who I called the potato sack man. Um who then I wrote a play about in college and Spencer, you played potato sack man in a reading of that play. I did. So you kind of have this I like to think that it it is a um just one of many steps leading you to your inevitable fame and fortune, you know? It's, I, I agree. You know, I, I, you asked me earlier, you were like, have you ever had to do spooky things? And I was like, I don't think so. But then now as I recount, I feel like I've had to do a lot of spooky things. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Spence. Well, Spencer's very lanky. I don't know if we've said that. Mm-hmm. So It's helpful. It is very yeah. helpful. And when, when Spencer and Anna and I were in a sketch and improv group, sorry, um, Spencer would very frequently play animals. He once played the gremlin on the wing of the airplane in the Twilight Zone episode, <laughs> which I really think is one of your star turns as well. Yes, I, I agree. Um, I can I can accept that. I just remember you playing a lot of chickens. <laughs> yeah. I think when in doubt, that was one. That was like a, a coach told me to do that. Right? They were just like, hey, and any time, yes, any time you can't think of something to do, just you know. Yeah, chicken, chicken really good advice for specifically only you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know um, if I did that, I'd be institutionalized. On the subject of um, sort of Doug Jones, physical performance, body horror, um, spooky dudes moving spookily, um, we all just <laughs> watched a movie together that was the only way to define it is spooky dude moving spookily. And that movie was... <laughs> Malignant. Oh my God! If you guys haven't seen it and you want to see it, um, go turn turn this podcast off and go listen to it. Yes, and watch it also. That's how movies work. Listen or watch. Do both. Do both or neither. (laughs) Um, but it so it's uh, cut and Spencer. It was so funny watching it because the movie it's where the bad guy is moving very herky-jerkily and has, like, backwards joints. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Which (laughs) really reminded us of Tom Green as the backwards man in Freddy Got Fingered, which (laughs) really, if you haven't seen that, pause this podcast and watch (laughs) Search Backwards Man, Freddy Got Fingered in YouTube. After finishing the movie, we watched that scene on YouTube maybe 12 times. It really (laughs) makes you laugh. Um, And (laughs) it was cool watching the movie because, Spencer, at some point you got up and looked at it, and we could tell that you were like Cirque du Soleil performer, clown minded. Yeah, but you weren't even moving that much. It was just like when a ballerina uses their hands to like learn the the choreography of the feet. Like you, <laughs> yes. it was so fascinating watching a world class physical clown try to figure out how to do that. Um, what? How? If you had to coach somebody through doing the malignant body movements, what would you say? You know, I think they did such, I, I, and I have no idea because I'd have to watch it again, but it, it felt like they did such a good job of like reversing when the performer was running backwards and when they were forwards. Oh. It almost felt like they were switching it in the shot. I could be completely wrong and they were always backwards, but it, it felt like they would they would shoot it half and half to constantly, like I felt constantly disoriented. As I speak about it now, I am disoriented um, <laughs> about which way they were facing. Sometimes I was going, okay, they're facing forward. And then other times I was like, oh, they're walking backwards, but they're pushing their chest out. 
and their arms are leading them behind their body. So it looks like they're walking forwards. Um, if any of this makes any sense. No, it does. Uh, it's so interesting. It, I know. It's so fa- – like that – to to come to that revelation that that is like the twist of your story and then being like, okay, we have to find a person who can like double joint their shoulders and everything backward. Like that casting call must be so interesting. Like are there – is there like a big community of creature performers? Yeah. Yeah, there 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 is. Um, like – yeah, there's a bunch and there's some incredible performers that just sort of know how to how to do it and how to embody and how to be in a suit like an insane suit and do all of this completely blind because mm-hmm. so much of this work you're in head to toe prosthetics. Mm. Wow. And so to be able to you know a recognize what your body looks like without being able to see any of it is a very, you know, I think that's a challenging skill for sure. Um, that's unbelievable. I'm astounded by people. Like, and I forget so often. I love practical effects and I love when when it's like a person in a suit, <laughs> you know, it just makes it a more effective scare for me. And um, and I I think like what's such an accomplishment is when you forget that it is a person performing, that like someone is making this happen with their body instead of like through uh, CGI. Yes. Yeah, totally. Spencer, do you have a favorite um, scary movie creature? I mean, I re- yeah, I mean, I really love you know Doug Jones and Pan's Labyrinth. I think that is just, I think that work is extraordinary. Um, yeah, I was watching like a mini documentary about the making of Pan's Labyrinth, and just the the like incredible amount of athleticism it takes to be in those suits like not only are they heavy but the pan costume he's like on these stilts like it's such a wild thing to try to do oh wow yeah because his feet he has like goat feet a little bit yeah yeah and and the amount of hours that you're in these that you're in them is insane you know it's such a it's it's a real marathon sometimes yeah the stamina like how many Mm -hmm. shows a week were you doing for Cirque I was doing 10 a week. Oh, 10? <laughs> I was doing 10 shows a week. So we did 476 shows a year. Oh. But the thing that was really helpful with that is that you always like knew you had the schedule. You were, you, your body had adjusted to the schedule. But when you do, you know, film and TV, you, you have no idea what the schedule is going to be. You oh. might be, you know, might be called in very late one night and then very early. And then right, right, right. Time. And that, I think that's challenging. I think that's right. How long were you on stage for each show? Like, was it? Oh, not that much. Maybe like twenty minutes out of the twenty to twenty. Maybe twenty minutes. Still, maybe. I mean, it's such an incredibly physical. This is are we allowed to say ka? Yes, which is an amazing Cirque show. No, don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Just hear a gunshot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and what was the hardest part of ka? Like. What the hardest or, part of like, uh, or just like a specific choreo thing that was like the most challenging? There's a scene in Ka where the wall, so the stage, the stage rotates and it, it, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it's just a big stage that moves everywhere and it can rotate and become sort of, uh, can lift all the way up so it's vertical. And there's a scene that's oh. called the battle scene where the audience is watching a battle 
mm-hmm. as if they're watching it from above. So they have like a bird's eye view oh, of right. this wall that has shifted vertical. And we had to get into these harnesses and it was this big oh. choreography where it'd be zipping up and down the wall. And um, the thing that was challenging about that, that was actually very fun to do that. But, you know, some days you don't feel great or you have like a little cough or some stomach, some some tummy right. troubles. And then you have to like get into this inflatable harness and hang off the side of a wall. And that is, that is, that, that can be challenging. Like when you don't feel a little, when you feel like a little bit sick and you have to be like, okay, I'm going to go on this wall and do this thing like that. That's not fun. And it's like pressing on your stomach or. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's pressing on your stomach and. Oh um, my God. That's hard. I mean, like, look, you don't want to throw up. This is what it comes down to. This exactly. To a, I don't want it. That's my biggest fear. Yeah. This is a recurring anxiety, which I get. Um, Spencer, before we close out uh, this first half of this little interview, um, we were wondering if you'd like to join Anna and I in a little segment that we like to call scary, scary ideas, ideas for things, for things that, could, that happen. could happen. We just say a potential frightening thing that in some universe could theoretically happen. Okay. Andrew, do you want to go first or second? I would love to go first. You have just installed some Venetian blinds on your back patio windows, and you're really feeling good about it. And uh, just when you finish installing them, you notice that when you turn the blinds one way, uh, it has a picture, like a beautiful uh, meadow. But then when you turn them the other way, it's just a giant eyeball looking at you. And you thought, hmm, how did I not figure this out at the hardware store when I did it? But then when you turn the blinds to look at your backyard, you see that it's transformed into this beautiful meadow. And you walk outside. And then when you look back into your house, inside your own house you see the giant eyeball looking at you. That, that could, could happen. happen. It could. It could. You can't I've say that it happening. couldn't. Right. <laughs> you can't say that. You don't know that to be true. You really don't. It could happen. I'm not saying it did. <laughs> Anna, do you have yes, one? I do. You are fishing on a little boat in the mist early early morning and you think I'm in the Atlantic Ocean and then you think no I'm on a boat I'm uh, the boat's in the Atlantic Ocean I'm on the boat and then you're like what is this attitude what are why are why are we fighting And then you're like, I'm not fighting. I'm just being specific. I'm not on the ocean. I'm on a boat that's on the ocean. I'm in the... If someone was like, where are you? I'd be like, I'm in the boat. And they'd be like, where's the boat? And then you'd say the Atlantic Ocean. (laughs) And then a mermaid eats you. That could happen. That could happen. It really could. Sometimes you get get caught in the language, and that's what a mermaid is waiting for. They are. They're waiting for a semantics-based argument. Uh, Spencer, do you have one? 
Yeah, okay, I, I think I have one, yeah. Okay. You are in your kitchen, and you think to yourself, oh God, my throat's a little dry. And you go, oh, I could, I'm a little parched. I should probably get like a little bit of water to unparch my throat. <laughs> and you go to the kitchen sink and you turn on the water and you drink some of that water. And you're like, oh, that was good, but that's not enough water for me. And you keep drinking water because you keep getting thirsty. And then you're drinking a lot, a lot of water and you can't stop. And then the faucet doesn't turn off. And then you got to drink all this water that's coming out of the faucet. And then you start, you going, oh no, I have to go to the bathroom now because I've had too much water, but you can't stop drinking the water because you're so thirsty. So then your apartment's filling up with water and you just aren't quenching your thirst. And then you drown a little bit. That, that could, could happen. happen. It, it could, could happen. happen Truly, yeah. that's a great analogy for almond farming. You know, <laughs> this is from the perspective of the almonds. You're thirsty, but you're still you're wet. Yes, <laughs> you're thirsty, but you're still you're wet. Uh, well, everybody, you're gonna have to tune in on Friday for Spencer's story, uh, which we can't wait to have him read. Um, and until then, get, get out, out forever. <laughs> This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team, And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.